You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is our review of Greta. that I found that I think belongs to Greta Hedag. Oh, bless your heart. Where did you find it? On the subway. Oh, would you like a cup of coffee? You've been so kind. I don't get many visitors here. I've been so lonely since my daughter left. Well, I could help you. My mom actually used to say, uh, I'm like chewing gum. You I tend to stick around. <laughs> Where are the candles? Uh, in the cabinet. I guess she's been finding bags around the city. I was hoping someone brings them back to her. And you did. Oh my god, it's her. Just let it ring. I saw the bags, Greta. And I never want to see you again. She's really freaking me out. This is not a problem. Public area, her rights are protected. Why are you doing this? How exciting. Hi, I'm Frances, and I'll be your waitress for the evening. No, I can't do this. Are you a child? No, you're the child. You need a mother to hold her. Don't you dare talk to me about my mother. She had to die for us to me. Are you out of your mind? Look at her. She's full of greeting. She's gone crazy. Everyone needs a friend. But we're more than friends. We're connected. There's something you need to know about Greta. What? Are you insane? What did you do? Just try to get rid of Greta. Alright everyone, you were just listening to the trailer for Greta, and the story is as follows. Francis finds a handbag on the New York subway and promptly returns it to Greta, an eccentric French piano teacher who loves tea and classical music. Having recently lost her mother, young Francis strikes up a seemingly harmless friendship with the lonely and kindly widow who enjoys her company. But when Greta's behavior becomes increasingly erratic and obsessive, Francis does whatever it takes to end the toxic relationship before things spiral out of control. The film is starring Isabelle Huppert, Chloe Grace Moretz, Maika Monroe, Colm Firou, and Stephen Ray. It is written and directed by Neil Jordan, co-written by Ray Wright. Joining me for this review, I have Beatrice Loiza. Hey, everyone. Hello, Beatrice. It's been Hello. a while since we had you on the podcast. That's right. How have you been in the meantime? I have been pretty good. I've been traveling, writing, um, but I had to be on the podcast for Greta because I love Isabel Huppert. Yeah, right. I mean, who doesn't love Isabel Huppert? Often, uh, you know, referred to as the international Meryl Streep. She's one of the most lauded, respected and acclaimed actresses of our lifetime. And I remember, especially in the lead up to Elle, uh, two, two, three, whatever it was years ago, and she was finally getting this recognition stateside. I remember everybody kind of discovering like who she was. And it oh, was like, God. how do you not know? <laughs> like, I'm I like, know. Have you not seen the piano teacher? <laughs> like, <laughs> That's true. Who pair? She has two. She won two Best Actress Awards at Cannes. She has 16 César nominations, which is like the equivalent of France's Oscars. And 
countless international recognition. So it's kind of funny that the Academy just decided to recognize her like 30, 40 years after, you know, the rest of the world already knew who she was. <laughs> yeah, you know, sometimes it takes them a little while to catch up with some of these international stars. But That's true. I, I guess the, uh, I, you know, it's interesting because her profile with Elle was certainly raised, I, I, would, I would say. And she's been taking on uh, a few more roles uh, since then in some more uh, American productions. And in this case, we have her starring opposite Chloe Grace Moretz, who's an actress that has had a very interesting career trajectory, in my opinion. Uh, someone who started off very, very hot, I feel like, with uh, kick-ass and I don't want to say questionable choices in her career, but underwhelming ones, I think, is the answer I would use. Yeah, I, I have to agree. I personally wasn't really a fan of Moretz up until this past year when I saw The Miseducation of Cameron Post. I, yes. I, I like that movie, and I was surprised because I like wasn't really expecting to like her so much in it, but... I did, and so so that was good. And then I was also surprised to see her brief brief role in Suspiria. And um, since then, I've been like, okay, uh, I'm interested in the choices she's making now, but still a little skeptical. And she's still young. She's only 22 she years is. old. She is. And she looks it, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she has a whole lot of career uh, ahead of her still. And here we have the two of them being paired up in Neil Jordan. Now, for those that are unfamiliar with uh, Neil Jordan, he is the uh, Academy Award winner for writing the screenplay for The Crying Game, which is famous for one of the greatest film twists in the history of film twists. And honestly, in my opinion, not the most prolific, greatest career, I would say. Uh, that's putting it mildly. Uh, and so this is, I think, his first real like high profile film that he's had in quite some time and part of that is just because we're in the post oscar season there's not much competition in theaters right now this is really just something to go see if you want to go see it it's not as, as i'm being honest like it's not it's not you know setting the world on fire it's also not setting the world backward it's just it's just there and it's there to just be this campy you know, B-level thriller. And I have to say, I think Greta knows exactly what it is and it embraces it. And because of that, I didn't think this was absolutely god-awful. Right. Yeah, I mean, I had fun. I, I laughed a lot. And I thought uh, Isabel Huppert was, was pretty terrific, actually. I mean, it's not like an awards performance, but I mean, she takes this persona that she's developed, you know, in her history of acting, which is like, you know, she has this icy demeanor. She is known for her track record of sexually deranged roles. She has a really interesting persona and she shifts that and applies it to this, you know, campy thriller. So that to me was the best part of the movie, but I mean, otherwise, oh, easily. I, I agree entirely with you. I thought this was like without Hooper, I can't imagine Greta being more than a minor and ultimately mediocre soccer movie. Yeah, I agree with that because like Chloe Grace Moretz, like she's fine. Uh, she's not. She's not embarrassing. Um, I don't. <laughs> no, I, I mean like you know, in a in a film like this, it really could veer into embarrassing, silly territory. And there are a couple of moments where you know 
the film does get a little silly. Like there's one scene and it's been often uh, used right now as a gif on the internet where like Isabel Huppert spits gum in Chloe Grace Moretz's face. <laughs> and it's just like the delightfully wicked moments like that in this movie that I, like you said, you laughed. I laughed a couple of times. I, I, I sometimes laughed at some of the jump scares. You know, I just was having, I was having fun with this. <laughs> yeah. I, I laughed a lot too. Um, you know, especially since, for like the first half of the film, Cooper's character, she you know doesn't really do anything that's like outright violent. She's just kind of creepy and shows up and does weird things. And like so many of the jump scares are just like the camera um, on Hooper who like appears randomly, and she's just this little delicate <laughs> old woman. Yeah, and it's just like <laughs> so scary. <laughs> well, I will admit, and I noticed this a little bit with the film, is that I did notice that they increased some of the makeup on her to highlight the contrasts with her uh, lipstick and the bags underneath her eyes, and um, you know to kind of also match the darkness of her hair. Um, and I thought that kind of made her have more of a not complete it was subtle it was very subtle but like a like almost like a ghoulish you know kind of a look in a sort of way um hey you know it's like <laughs> listen isabel huper could be scary uh without any of that and just staring at you with an intensity that it, you know only shows what a great actress she is so when she's standing across the street and just staring hell i'd i'd, I'd be creeped out <laughs> it is creepy and i think it's it- great casting choices because like Cooper has this like very sharp look to her where yeah. Chloe Moretz is just like, I don't know, the embodiment of a doll. She <laughs> has such a wide face and her features are so doe eyed. It's just like the complete opposites. So these two characters kind of, well, I don't want to say they find one another. Rather, Isabel Huppert finds Chloe Grace Moretz. Um, but Chloe Grace Moretz is uh, dealing with the aftermath of the death of her mother. And she's from Boston, living in New York with her friend, played by uh, Maika Monroe, who I still want to know what she does for a living to afford that New York apartment. <laughs> and she finds a handbag on the subway. Instead of calling the cops, she brings it back to the rightful owner. That owner is Greta. And the two bond just kind of, as the film portrays it, pretty organically in a sort of way. I mean, it's it's out of respect and, you know, just, you know, trying to be nice at first. And we understand that Greta herself um, is alone. She doesn't have, you know, a husband, daughter, anything like that. So she becomes very attached to Chloe Grace Moretz's character, and in turn, Chloe Grace Moretz, uh, I I, I keep calling Chloe Grace Moretz, her name is Frances in the movie, (laughs) she gets attached to Greta uh, because she's looking for that surrogate mother figure in her life. Even though she has a father that clearly cares about her, that she has pushed away, and she has a roommate who cares about her that at times she also pushes away. She's trying to come to grips with uh, the aftermath, the post-depression of losing her mother. Yeah, definitely. And I think that what I did appreciate about this movie is how, you know, from this sort of female relationship, a mother-daughter relationship, it's able to like build on or create a horror, or not a horror, like a thriller movie out of, you know, something that two lonely individuals that, you know, is a relationship that so many people, you know, must experience and that also some people might 
you know, the experience might resonate with um, and elevate it to, you know, a terrifying scenario. Yeah, because that was my favorite uh, aspect, I think, of the movie besides Isabelle Huppert was this commentary on loneliness. And I, it, it's not, listen, it's not subtle, but it's also at the same time not extremely blunt. It, it, it hits the right amount, in my opinion, where it adds that extra layer to the film that helps to elevate it beyond what it is. And I think that is what has uh, helped to ultimately kind of round out the film for me. Mm-hmm. beyond just a standard B-level genre exercise and give it a little bit of substance to make me say, hey, you know what, that's a firm recommendation. I think there's some interesting topics being explored here in terms of loneliness and post-depression and so on and so forth. Because, you know, like, for example, one of the things I actually really enjoyed were the moments where Chloe Grace Moretz would come home after being stalked by Greta and she gets to her apartment and the apartment's, like, really dark and... Uh, you know Neil Jordan's like playing with like the camera angles and stuff because mm-hmm. she's all alone and we never know if Greta's gonna just seemingly <laughs> pop out from the shadows so we're on the edge and we're very tense throughout these moments and I actually found that to be interesting because it also kind of aired to uh, aired added to the conversation of um, you know when we're at our loneliness is when we are uh, the most afraid right um, and I think Moretz was actually it was very good at at seeming like this, you know, more reserved, pretty sad character. I mean, there's like a scene in the beginning where she and and Erica, uh, Maika Monroe, uh, go to the movies, and you could just see the sadness drip on her face. Like this was an activity that she used to do with her mother, and. Uh, it's it's so sad and it's shot so tenderly. You can like see they're wearing like three D glasses and you see like the reflection of the movie in the glasses. It's was actually really effective um, to understand her state of mind, considering the fact that like Jordan doesn't spend very much time with this like exposition before we like get to the Greta being crazy part. <laughs> Let me tell you, Greta being crazy. <laughs> I, I, I noticed this right after the movie was over. I went immediately online to find like all these different gifts and memes of <laughs> Isabel Huppert just being crazy in this movie at times. And okay, let me just clear this out of the way too. I don't want to oversell it. I don't think she's like full blown, absolutely batshit crazy to the point that, you know, this is like a truly like iconic performance or anything like that. But it does give me the right level that I wanted uh, where I can watch a meme or a gif of Isabel Huppert twirling around and dancing with a gun in her hand. And I'm just like, yes, this is everything that I need out of life right now. <laughs> That's right. I <laughs> there's there's a scene with like a body and a gun and Isabel Huppert just doing a little ballet dance. And that is going to go down as for me the image that I will associate with Greta. <laughs> <laughs> and then I love the moment in the restaurant too, when she oh, uh, yeah. is at the restaurant and uh, Chloe Grace Moretz is a waitress in this movie. And so she has to serve her even though, which for the record, I, I just want to say, I, I don't believe that's how that would play out in real life. I think that <laughs> the maitre d', the manager or whatever would, if, a, if an employee is uncomfortable because they're being stalked by somebody, I don't think they would actually right. force them into that situation. But hey, you know what? It's a movie. Right. You know, I, I whatever agree. the like one, I guess, 
bit of credit I gave it is like maybe the maitre d' was like, it's just an old woman. Like, what's your problem? Like, how is she threatening? Which sort of plays in to like the idea that like a stalker, if he's actually threatening, is a he. Which, uh, you know, that's it's interesting, too, because there is a feminist quality to this movie that I picked up on, but I don't think it's a hundred percent. I think I think they're trying but I don't think they ever stick the landing fully because, you know, one thing I noticed, for example, are the two main male characters. That's Francis's father and this uh, police investigator or or private investigator, rather, who kind of comes out of nowhere in the third act played by Stephen Ray. Um, They're both kind of (laughs) useless in this. They just really get cast aside uh, and there's no resolution whatsoever. Like, we don't even get a scene with... uh, Chloe Grace Moretz and uh, her father in the third act, at, like at all. Right. Yeah. Right. So this movie wants it to be entirely focused on the women. Mm-hmm. But taking a step back and looking at it, though, I could see that they tried to do that sort of thing with this, but I don't know if they were fully able to quite succeed in getting uh, that message of the movie across to everybody. Yeah, I think I think that's right because also, I mean, as much as we get sort of a brief understanding of these characters' backgrounds. I mean, they didn't really pull at that thread with either of the characters, especially with with Greta, who, like, you know, once it's revealed that she's, you know, not who she says she is, um, I I felt that there was a, a backstory that I was curious about, that I wanted to know more about to sort of elucidate why she is the way she is. Especially with that scene involving um, uh, Zawe Ashton uh, yes. from what was that movie? From Velvet, Velvet Buzzsaw. Buzzsaw. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. I like, too. I was just like, she has one scene. Purpose of that just to show you that Greta's lying about something. I guess without like really explaining the psychology behind it. I don't know. It's a little. Mu- it's a little muddled. Yeah, saying it was disappointing because they could definitely invent some like spicy or backstory. Yeah, no, they could have done a little bit more, I feel like, to really shape this screenplay a little bit better. Um, it, it's definitely elevated, in my opinion, like I said, by the one aspect of the screenplay it does get right, and that's this commentary on loneliness and the performances by uh, Grace and Hooper. I, I definitely think that without those three elements, this movie would be a complete and utter disaster, a complete train wreck. And I was prepared to give this a negative rating upon that. Um, But I can't deny that, you know, with my guard down and just kind of letting myself go, you know, especially, you know, if post Oscars week, especially where everything is just so (laughs) serious, I think I needed something like this to just, you know, sit down, enjoy and let give myself over to, you know what I mean? And you know, it, it, like I said before, it's not the most. It's not. It's not going to rank on anybody's like top ten. It's not even going to rank on anyone's maybe top ten of like the first half of uh, the year. Maybe <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe, but I don't. I don't think so. I, I don't think so either. You know, un- unlike chewing gum, I don't think this film is going to stick around. <laughs> I had to. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but with that said, I mean, any final thoughts on Greta? Anything that we didn't cover that you want to just talk about before we get to uh, grades? Um. Well. I guess I do, did want to point out, um, Micah Monroe, um, initially I thought she would be playing the sort of role of the, you know, superficial friend that like winds up dead, Yeah, but she didn't. And I actually thought she was really in sync with the campiness of the script. And I ended up liking her a lot more than I thought I would. And I thought she did a great job too. So I was pleased with that performance. 
And once again, I think there's something to be said for the fact that um, in the third act, she is more central than any of the uh, authoritative male figures. Definitely. You know, so once again, I think there's something that's being said there, but I don't know if it's quite as apparent as it could be. Like I said, I think the script needs a little bit more, you know, refinement uh, to be something that could have been a little bit better than what it was. But what it is, I don't think it's god awful. You know, I really don't. And I have to say, Isabel Huppert are definitely made for one chilling antagonist. So uh, what else? What else? Oh, this film also gave us the meme of Isabel Huppert in a straitjacket. So thank you for that. <laughs> uh, like, like I'm telling you, there's certain things with this with Isabel Huppert where, I, I mean, just her flipping the table uh, in the uh, diner and then like chasing her out. Was... Oh my God. And they're like, there's this <laughs> classical music score that like swells up. The film knows how ridiculous it is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I, I tell you, it, the, the best shelf life that this movie is going to give us is just all these, all these Isabel Huppert beams, which I'll be able to use uh, frequently on film Twitter to reply to people. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. Well, for me, I don't know if I have anything else to really uh, touch upon with this. Yeah, I think, I, I think I'm ready to get my grade here. I think I'll give it a, uh, you know, originally, like I originally, I was going to give it a five. Uh, because I was really just split down the middle. I thought the film had some interesting stuff, some pretty bad stuff, and then some stuff in the middle. Uh, but the more I think about it, the more I'm just like, you know what? It's a harmless recommendation. It, like I said, it's not setting the world back 30 years or anything like that. So um, I, I would I would say it's a nice throwback to like those 90s, you know, kind of thrillers we used to get like all the time. Um, now, granted, does, does, is there a place for that in 2019 today? I don't know necessarily, but you know, it's not it's not offending anybody so i i give it a six yeah i'm i'm between a five and a six and as well as well um i'm just gonna give it a five just because i i already am forgetting about it yeah <laughs> aside from the isabel Huppert memes which will live on forever on our twitter <laughs> timelines um i you know don't think the film is particularly meaningful even though it could have been um so yeah, five yeah. to ten. <laughs> well, we're always excited to see where Isabel Huppert goes next in her career. Um, I'm trying to remember right now in terms of any upcoming projects that she has actually beyond this. Um, she has, uh, man, I you know what? I can't remember what actually she has coming out. Hmm. Well, well, we wait, we wait with great anticipation. Regardless. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what it was. It's like there's some movies she's doing with like Greg Kinnear um, and Marissa Tomei. Uh, that should be released uh, sometime later this year. Actually, it's uh, never it's never American French uh, film uh, by uh, Iris Sachs. Actually, is oh, okay. the uh, is the filmmaker. So yeah, I think she's doing she's uh, in, on Broadway or like in London on doing some stage performances right now. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's I think so. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I you know what I actually forgot. Iris Sachs did Little Men, so um, that that oh, okay. could be a yeah, that, yeah, that could be interesting. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Well, uh, with that said, and yeah, no Oscar potential. Just want to get that <laughs> yeah. out of the way. <laughs> let's let's be very clear now. <laughs> uh, Beatrice, where can they find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at BeansproutBia, and you can find me at Next Best Picture. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to our review of Greta here on the Next Best Picture podcast. You can subscribe to us on SoundCloud 
Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, Player FM, Acast, and also on CastBox. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate any level of feedback that you can give us. Write us a review. Leave us five stars. It helps for us to get discovered by everybody, which we really, really appreciate. And then if you're feeling generous, head on over to Patreon for $1 minimum a month you can get some exclusive podcast content from the Next Best Picture podcast. Thank you so much for listening once again, as always, and we shall see you all next time. Hello, this is Gary Chahot welcoming you to check out the French History Podcast. Our main show covers the history of France from the first humans until present. If you liked Mike Duncan's The History of Rome and wanted a similar program covering the land of beauty, culture, and love, we are exactly that. We also host world-renowned scholars who have delivered guest episodes on their specialties, including 18th century pirates, revolutionary booksellers in 20th century Paris, the special friendship between the Marquis de Lafayette and Thomas Jefferson, and numerous others. Learn what you love and listen to the French History Podcast today.